Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Two Guys, One Cup, the FPL podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. For any new listeners out there, my name is Shez. Alongside me, I've got my co-host, Sham. Sham, how are you doing? I'm good. FPL is back, and uh, I'm happy, and the international break is done and dusted. Yeah, it's felt like forever since we did our last pop, but I'm glad that the FPL is back. Um, Let's get down to business. So what's on the agenda for today, Sham? So the first thing we're going to do is give a quick overview of our teams from last week. Uh, or like two weeks ago now, um, a quick overview of our Champions League team. Uh, we'll then talk about um, the top players from last game week, um, followed by a league update, and then our hot topic section where we pick out sections uh, that lots of people are talking about at the moment and give our view on it. Um, we'll then talk a bit about um, the coming game week and what our predictions are and our captain picks, followed by questions from you guys. Perfect. Okay, so let's move on to game week four, um, which seems an eternity ago now. So game week average was 44 points. Um, I scored 53. So, I mean, I think whenever you do better than the average, that's always reasonable. Although I wasn't entirely happy. Most of my points, again, came from that sort of template back line. So Alonso, Robertson and Mendy, they scored me 19 out of my 53. So that's 36% uh, of my total game week points, but they're only costing me 18.5%. So That's definitely. the accountant coming out. That's you. the accountant <laughs> coming out. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's still some value there. Um, Pedro came off the bench. Thankfully, he scored. I was a little bit worried when I saw him starting on the bench. Inks, uh, again, was brought in for me because um, he was substituted in because of injuries. Got Got me eight points. Aguero returned 12 points as captain, so that was reasonable. But my midfield is dire at the moment. You know, I've got Mares, who I've been wanting to get rid of for a while. Salah blanked uh, first time um, this season. And I've seen a lot of people been getting a little bit edgy about that. Walcott was a bit of a disaster. A bit of a disaster transfer. And Wan-Bissaka, zero. Overall rank, 85k. So, a reasonable start. Sham, how did you get on? Well, for any of you that follow us on Twitter, um, you would have seen that I used my triple captain last oh, week. Oh yeah, triple captain. You forgot about that, didn't <laughs> I you? did forget about that. Um, so that went on Kun. Um, I scored 53 points overall. Um, I wasn't that happy considering that I used my triple captain and got 53, but look, at the end of the day, I'll take it. Um, overall rank is 20,496. Uh, with two nine, uh, 292 points. Um, again, similar to you, Shez, the back line of, of uh, Robertson, Mendy and Alonso kind of did it for me, 19 points. And then similar tailwind in the midfield, Salah, Walcott, Fraser, Mkhitaryan, each, all of them scored like one and two points. Um, surprisingly, Firmino did well for me, so he got seven points. And then obviously, triple captain Aguero got 18. Um, I'll take it. I was disappointed with Aguero, but look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to go back on my decision. 
Um, I'd do it again. I don't think I made. I don't think I made a mistake um, because the stats were there. Yeah, he didn't score, but he had good chances. And another day, he would have buried them. Um, so you live and you learn. Yeah, you weren't the only one that used triple captain Aguero. I saw. I think it was about seventy thousand um, players used uh, the triple captainship on Aguero. So. Yeah, you're right. The stats were there, but it was always going to be a risk playing your triple captain in a single game week. So that was that's the only thing. So moving on to our um, no champs league team, and for any new listeners, this is a team that we picked at the beginning of the season, where we decided um, to not choose any teams that were in the Champions League um, in our team. Um, it is going disastrously bad at the moment. But that just gives the emphasis of how good the top four, especially like Liverpool and City, right? Are. Yeah, you you need your City and Liverpool coverage. Um, I mean, yeah, we did make some mistakes in that team, uh, granted, but it just emphasised the importance of having City and Liverpool coverage in particular. So it scored 46 last week um, and 199 points, 2.5 million overall rank. Wait uh, a second, so it scored 46. So it still scored above the average. Yeah, so yeah. it's not actually it's not actually that bad. Yeah, but it was doing crap overall though. I think do you know what it was? The first two game weeks where everyone scored you know, well good team scored eighty to a hundred points. Yeah. This team scored like sixty, fifty, and that's where because that's well, where the Liverpool and Man City. That's players, yeah, right? you're missing Liverpool and City assets there, aren't you? So And and that's where the problem lies. Um we captain Pedro got six, uh, 12 points and Aubameyang got 8 points and then obviously Alonso 9 and Aspilicueta 6 so we've actually pressed the wild card on this team um, so we put a team together I'll um, I'll put it out there um, in a couple of days but yeah that's basically the No Champs League team Okay so you know we both had reasonable game weeks um, good overall rank at the moment um, but there are a number of players that performed well last week which neither of us have so maybe it's worth just highlighting some of these. Yep. Um, so there were a number of players that got sort of 12, 10, 11 points uh, last week. Some of the forwards, Lacazette, Lukaku, Glenn Murray. Any Glenn other Murray. Mo- Glenn Murray. Yeah. <laughs> Murray Mintz. Murray Mintz himself. Any of those of interest to you, Sham? Do you know what? Um, I'm going to talk about Lukaku a bit later, so I don't want to go into too much detail of him now, but Lukaku is a massive interest for me. Um Lacazette is an interesting one because he kind of replaced Mkhitaryan, really, didn't he? Um, yeah, I guess with Lacazette, you know, he did look good, but my concern with him is rotation. You know, there's been so much rotation with Arsenal. You know, there's issues, you know, potentially with Ozil and the coach. Mkhitaryan was dropped last week. You know, is Lacazette guaranteed to start? I mean, if he was guaranteed to start, then he probably would be in my team because if he's in, he's four million. Um, He'd be scoring goals. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the risk with Lacazette. Um, Murray. Any what is he now? He is... 6.5. 6.5. The thing is, Brighton's fixtures aren't, aren't great, are they, coming up? What do their fixtures look like? Well, they've got Spurs and City uh, after Southampton. So, yeah, they've got some difficult fixtures. Um, and also, Brighton are not prolific up front are they so yeah. I think for that sort of price range there are other players I'd prefer yeah like Wilson Wilson so. yeah well, you know 0.5 more and you get Zaha 0.6 now um, 
what about summer defenders? Um, Holabas. Yeah. Yeah. Snap. Um, do you know what? I think the thing is with Watford is they remind me, and we spoke about it earlier, remind me of the Leicester team. You just don't know though. Like I know you're saying, oh, they're not going to be like Leicester from, you know, a couple of years ago. You just don't know. Uh, no, I can't see it. That Leicester team was an anomaly in the sense that we're not going to get a smaller team like that winning the league again. They might have a good season, but they won't carry this sort of form on. And the reason being is because they don't have a spine to their team like Kante, like Mares, like Vardy. Yeah. And those are three special players. What about like Burnley? Do you think they would do like a Burnley last year, like seventh? They could do. They could do something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them top ten. Whether they could be seventh, I'm not sure. I think someone like Everton is are probably the team that likely, especially with Richarlison. And what are their fixtures like coming up? In terms of Watford? Yeah, I think they've got United. They, got United. Well, they've, they've got United. Um, that's at Watford. Then they've got Fulham and Arsenal. So, you know, they've got difficult fixtures. Um, I mean, I know they beat Spurs, but before that they didn't really have anything too testing. So, you know, I think the next three fixtures will be where we can really assess how far they've come. And I guess for us in um, in a few weeks is probably where we'll be looking at wildcarding. Maybe the next international break, we're seeing how things are going. So that's maybe when you can assess and go, okay, now maybe is the time to invest in Watford. So basically what you're saying is not right now. Not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Um, I can't see anyone there. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Holabas, um, Pereira, but I think they've got difficult features and I think this is where you'll start to see a bit of a slump. Okay. Um, midfielders, Hazard, Mane and Sterling were top performing midfielders. Hazard is the player that I think everyone wants to get at the moment. Yeah. Um, He's hot property, isn't he? he yeah. Is. Do you know what's interesting? Like, and I was reading a couple of articles is I think if Morata carries on playing shit like he has been, he could be deployed as a number nine. Like similar to Merton's. Yeah. Um, at Napoli. Merton scored a lot of goals yeah. when Sarri was in charge of Napoli. So if Hassan's being played as a as a false nine, then he becomes even more attractive as an FPL actor. As does Pedro. Yeah. You know, um, especially if Morata's not playing. Um, so I don't know whether or not, obviously, Sarri's going to do that, but that that is an option. I, I really want Hazard. You know, Hazard and Lukaku are the two players for me that I really want at the moment. Yeah. Um, Mane keeps hurting our rank hard as yeah. well every time that he was... Well, I think we're going to talk about Mane a little bit later on um, with Salah in, in relation to Salah. What about Sterling? He's gone a bit under the radar, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he's only got like, what's his ownership? Like 2% or something like that? 2.6%. 2, 2.6%. But he's, you know, he's played three games. He missed the second game against Huddersfield and he's already got 19 points. That's not bad. So he's averaging just over six. Okay, I know he's considerably, I know he's considerably more expensive, but he looks like he's one of the City midfielders that's pretty much nailed on to start. You know, Sané seems to be out of favour. Mares is doing absolutely nothing and I know that firsthand because he's in my FPL team he has been since the start of the season I've been trying to get rid of him and I've always had other issues in the team which has prevented that but Guardiola likes Sterling yeah 
and Sterling seems to be confident in a City shirt. He plays in a way which he doesn't play uh, for England. So I think, you know, I'm he's definitely under the radar for me. Someone I'm going to keep an eye on. You would have him instead of Hazard? Because you can't, uh, you know, I don't think you can have what? Salah and all, all of them. Like you la- Essentially, I think it's Sterling or Hazard. You can't have both. Well, that's where we need to maybe discuss whether you have a team without Salah and then you yeah. could potentially put the two of them in. So, um, But yeah, we'll discuss that later. But yeah, those were the top performers from last week. So there were a few who we didn't have. Um, and I, yeah, I think from there, Lacazette, if he starts playing, he will definitely become a consideration. And then we'll talk about sort of Lukaku, Mane later on. And yeah, Hazard's heart property and Sterling is the one I want to keep an eye on. Cool. So let's give a quick uh, league overview. So our um, two guys, one cup league. So in fifth place um, is me still. Fixed. Fifth. <laughs> um, 292 points. Um, Just in clinging on to that top five, on, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> clinging on for that shout out every week. Um, in fourth, we have Ryan King with Chicken Caesar Salah. Um, I like that team name. Two hundred ninety-three points, and then we have Rug Tuffers Sven uh, Sven Van der Acker, two hundred ninety-four points, and then joint first is uh, Matt Brooks and Kevin Ward, which uh, team name Kevin's team name is Jacka Khan, and Matt is Victor Moses Lawn with two hundred ninety-nine points. Um, also, a uh, shout out to Kevin Ward, uh, who's top. Um, at the moment but also he was top for August uh, with 245 points so well done Kevin um, if you keep that up for the quarter there will be a prize winging your way um, if you don't know already uh, we've got our league feel free to join the top performing manager of each quarter will get a prize um, we're in the process of making a logo or chaises but Hasn't bothered to do it yet. It's actually done. So uh, Is it done now? Yeah, yeah? I need to show you that. Um, so once the logo's done, we're going to get some mugs and we will um, throw some out to you guys. Not literally, because they'll break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. So what is next on the agenda? So injuries? Yeah, I mean, so we've just had the international break and I thought it would be good to just do a quick roundup of some of the injuries. Now, we're not going to go through every single team because we'd probably spend the next half an hour on this pod. Um, But I thought it'd be useful to highlight some of the injuries that we've seen or we've read up about. Um, So one of the key ones, which actually affects you, I believe, Sham, Ryan Fraser for Bournemouth. Yeah. So he's picked up a knock on international yeah. duty and looks like he's a doubt for this weekend. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I think a number of users have got him. So I'm in trouble if he doesn't play. Yeah. I'm in real trouble. Um, so Fraser's out. Palace. Now, you read something about Wan Bissaka, which apparently he missed um, the England under 23 game. Yeah, a lot of Palace. Um kind of supporters were saying oh you know they were starting to worry saying where is he and stuff there there hasn't been anything confirmed that's come out um, but that's just kind of yeah so he missed the game and he wasn't on the bench either so we'll have to look out for um, the Palace press conference just to see if Woy gives us anything (laughs) on there Um, Everton are the ones that have been hard hit haven't they yep Uh, Seamus Coleman and Calvin Lewin 
um, and Theo Walcott as well. Well, I don't know. There's been uh, like a few rumours, people saying that Walcott's not going to be fit, and then there was somewhere else, I think, was it in the evening standard, they said that Walcott was going there, I'm not really sure. So the latest I heard is that he's got a rib injury, um, and it's going to be a close call. He's trying to be fit, simply because Richarlison's still suspended, so they're, you know, they're, they haven't got too many options. Um, so again, that's going to be one for the press conference there. But yeah, Everton have been hard hit. In terms of Fulham, Tom Kearney looks like he's going to be back. Okay. Um, which is a Do relief. you still have him? I still have him. He's okay. still on my bench. So that's a relief for me because a number of my bench players are either injured or suspended. So I'm glad to see that he might be back. Um, City, Sterling left the England squad with a back injury. I don't think we need to read too much into that. That just seems like he wanted a, a week's rest um, and he should be fit <laughs> for game week's rest. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, whenever it's the internationals and playing for England, um, he should be back for game week five. A big one for United and I was gutted when I saw this because I was watching the game. Luke Shaw, so he suffered a concussion. Yeah, I feel so sorry for that kid, man. Yeah, like... he's just so unlucky with injuries. And, you know, this season he's actually been playing really well. Um, but the poor guy, you know, it was a poor challenge. Um, but he suffered a concussion. And he's very unlikely to play game week five against Watford. Um, so, yeah, that's something to consider. Uh, the other player from United is Fellaini. So he withdrew from the Belgium squad. With a small He's like your injury. best player, isn't he? Do you know what? He <laughs> played really well against Burnley. Really? Yeah, he played really well. I didn't see the um, And bearing in mind that Watford, to an extent, are a similar team. You know, they're quite physical. Um, if Fellaini's fit, I would expect him to play against Watford. Uh, I'd expect Fred to still be benched. Just with United, just a reminder that Rashford is still suspended from his red card. Uh, which is a silly red card. Newcastle, Matt Ritchie and John Joe Shelby look like they may be back um, in contention for Benitez. So, yeah, Shelby is an interesting player. Tottenham, Deli Ali withdrew from the England squad, um, but there are suggestions that he'll be fine. Uh, again, probably another Sterling who just wanted the week's rest. Yeah. But it does look like Hugo Lewis may be missing. Okay. So there is there've been some mixed messages there, but if you have him, just keep an eye out on there. West Ham is there any point about talking about West Ham this year? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whether they're fit or not, I mean you're gonna take a pound. I haven't thanks, heard sir. anything about Arnie. I'm not sure about Arnie. I don't think he's I think he's alright. Yeah, he's, I think he's fine. He played but... during, I think he played a bit against us for Austria, so um so yeah, that that was just a quick roundup in terms of injuries. I guess the key thing is keeping an eye out on the press conferences. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, Sham, if you get a chance, you can do a quick update. Yeah, so last week, um, for those that saw on Twitter and listened, um, I did a quick, or oh, is it two weeks ago now, um, I did a quick um, five-minute press conference update. So something that we're planning to do every Friday, um, I'll probably do it because I work from home and Shez, you work in an office, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit difficult for me to do that in an open plan office. Um, so I'll probably do that every Friday. Um, but as long as you guys like it, I thought it was quite helpful um, and we'll try and do that. W one other thing, not an injury, but just an update, is Edison. 
Yes. Um, so apparently I read on Reddit somewhere that his missus is due to give birth this week. Um, so could be out this yeah, weekend depending that's, on what that's, happens. A, that's a very good one. I actually read that myself. Uh, so depending on the timing of that, he could miss game week five, which will be an interesting one because Bravo is injured, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know who they've got. So who who they got as the third keeper? I think they should, they've got someone in. I, I can't remember who. Um, so yeah, Edison could be a potential miss for game week five. But yeah, I'll um I'll listen to the conferences. Um, well, I'll read up on them, and then I'll give you the update probably about five ish on Friday. So keep a watch out for that. Okay, anything else on that topic, Shaz? No, I mean I don't want to spend too much time on game week four. It feels like you know. It's been a, a while ago and I think we should now start focusing on some hot topics and game week five. Cool. So major hot topic um, at the moment, I think, then the first one we're going to cover um, is wildcard and kind of um, the structure of wildcards, uh, why people are choosing wildcard, potential wildcard teams or players. Um, Salah kind of goes into that as well because that's a hot topic in terms of do you go with Salah or not within your wildcard. Um, so, Shez, do you want to kick us off? What's your kind of thoughts on people pulling the wildcard now? Do you think it's too early? Do you think it's the right time? See, I don't think you can say it's either too early or, you know, it's the right time. I think it depends on the situation of your team. You know, if you're carrying a number of red flags or players that have just been underperforming and you've got you know quite a few of these then yes you probably do need to play your wild card if it's a case of just one or two changes that are needed where you potentially just take one hit then no yeah um, most people have probably paid their wild card by now you know if they've going to do it now they've probably already just played it well yeah, yeah I mean when playing it right now no because you would have missed the price rises yeah. and the price drops so, yeah, if you were looking to play your wild card, I would have said you should have activated and that. if you haven't, probably wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, again, it depends on the situation of your team. But, yeah, to an extent, you have missed the boat in terms of price rises and price drops. Um, but, yeah, it, it depends. You know, if you if you feel as though you need to do it, then, yes, sure, go ahead and do it. Um, just bear in mind, though, after game week eight, you have another international break. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah um so i think our focus will be sort of on the next four game weeks because we've seen during the international break players pick up injuries and stuff like that so um sham why don't you kick us off in terms of wildcards i know you've sort of looked into this in terms of having a team with sort of salah or not having salah what are your thoughts so for me you know i'm a massive salah fan and um I tried, you know, after after the after last game week, I kind of thought I want to do the wild card, and when I was putting the team together, I kind of thought, do you know what? There's no point because I wanted to keep Salah, and I wouldn't been able to do much. I didn't have that many issues, so that's why I decided not to do the wild card. Now I've had a look at structure with Salah and without Salah, and what it kind of gives you, and basically what it comes down to is if you have Salah, then you can't have a premium attacker alongside Aguero. And most people will be going for Aguero. He's like over 50% ownership now. So uh, what do you mean by that? So you mean, okay, you're going to have Salah, you're going to have Aguero, and I'm assuming you've got that template backline. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, the teams that I put together, so with with no Salah, you've got um, two premium defenders. Yeah, okay. so not not the three of them, just two. So Alonso um, and Mendy, a 4.5 and two 4.0s. 4. And then uh, three premium midfielders. So I just picked Hazard, Mane, Silva. Okay. Two 4.5s. And then Aguero um, plus... A mid-price midfielder, so uh, sorry, mid-price striker, so like a Wilson or a Mitrovic okay. or a Zaha, someone like that, um, with Lukaku. Okay, so uh, and again, you could change Lukaku for Aubameyang or whatever. Yeah, right? or you could even switch Lukaku for the third template midfielder, so, uh, defender. So if you've got Mendy and Alonso, then Robertson as well, and then you go for a cheaper striker. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. So that's kind of without Salah. With Salah you essentially you ha- lose the ability to have a Lukaku, a, like a premium striker alongside that. Yeah. Or you have to put Silva or Mane or Hazard down to like a, a six million. Or, or, like, or if you're going Silva, then kind of like a five million. That That's what it really comes down to. Obviously, there's so many different permutations. Yeah. I just kind of picked out what I thought was kind of, I would say, template or kind of, the players that are on form and fixtures, etc. But that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, so, I mean, with Salah, you are making a bit of a sacrifice. Without him, you can arguably have a more balanced team. But the risk is, you know, someone like Salah scores a hat-trick one week and then you're looking to bring him in. You're probably going to have to take some hits just to bring him in. So, if I was taking Salah out of my team, I would probably want to do that when I'm not playing a wild card and I have my wild card intact. So that if he does that's form, point. Yeah. then I can bring him back in straight away. Yeah, um, And that's what, you know, I said at the start of the season, before the season started, that I thought Mane could cover Salah's points. And you sort of talked me out of it. And I still believe he can. I, I believe Salah will score more points than Mane overall. But it's whether he scores enough to justify the additional 3 million, yeah. whatever it is. I think what it, you know, essentially you've got Salah and Wilson, Lukaku and Mane, which pairing do you prefer? And, you know, you can kind of swap and change the players with the prices, but that's really what comes down, because if you haven't got Salah, you need Mane. That's a a short, yeah, 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 my opinion. Yeah, because Liverpool will score lots of goals throughout the season. You you need Mane if you don't have Salah. Um, So then it's kind of looking at, and, and also obviously you've got Hazard in that mix as well. Yeah. Um, so it's whether or not you you want to go without that. I mean, that's just kind of my opinion on it, um, and I think that's what a lot of people are, are not sure about at the moment. Yeah, just one other point to mention there with Salah is that he was substituted last game. Shakiri came on. Yeah. Um. So you know they do have options there. So if he's not performing, he may not get the full ninety minutes every week. Um. So that's another thing which we need to consider. Do you know what though? A lot of people are saying, oh, Salah's got really hard fixtures coming up. Um, you know, you've got Tottenham and I don't know who else. They've, they've got, got City. City yeah. yeah, and, they, and, and it, Chelsea. So, but he scored like four goals or three goals against um, um, Spurs last season. You know, he, he, he plays well against big sides. He's not like Lukaku. Lukaku cannot play against the big sides. Salah's different. 
Um, so I don't think they're necessarily bad fixtures. And the way that um, Liverpool play and the way that Spurs and City play, they don't play like you're playing Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, you're not, they're, they're not going to play like you're playing yeah. Man U. Yeah? You play, one of those big teams playing Man U, they're sitting at Man U are going to sit back. Yeah? So yeah. It's going to be difficult for them to score lots of goals. Whereas Spurs are going to be attacking Liverpool, Liverpool are going to be attacking them. Same with City. And I think possibly the same with Chelsea when Liverpool play Chelsea. Because yeah. I can't see Chelsea sitting back either. Not, so I don't actually think they're bad fixtures because I think they, he can score again in those games. Um, and I think that's the main reason why people are losing Salah because they're scared of Liverpool's fixtures and I actually don't think you need to be scared. Yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, I don't say, I wouldn't say he's completely fixture-proof because he's got, you know, he's got a good record like against Spurs, like you said last season, he's got quite City. a few. And, and City. But he's more of a marked man this season. It just seems like Mane's got a little bit more of that freedom. That That's the one thing that I need to consider. I'll tell you, in, in terms of what I'm thinking at the moment is, I'll keep him for the Tottenham game because I think that'll be a, a bit of an open game. Liverpool then got Southampton at home. home yeah. So I would not want, to, not want to go into that game not having Salah. But then they've got City and Chelsea and that's where I might be tempted to take him out and then use my wild card after game week eight. That, yeah. that, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think... His, you know, as I've mentioned previously in the pod, I'm a massive stats fan. I can't get away from his stats. And, you know, if we were sitting here and and Liverpool were playing, let's imagine their next four fixtures were Southampton at home, Cardiff, Brighton and West Ham. You'd be sitting here going, oh, you have to keep Salah. Yeah? Yeah. Probably, right? Because yeah. It, but I actually think whilst those next four fixtures are hard teams in City, Chelsea and Spurs, I think for him, it's as good as playing those other teams because of the way that those teams play. That, that's my personal opinion. And I'd, I think people need to kind of look at the way that Salah plays against these teams and the way that Liverpool play against these opponents. I mean, that that's, that's what I think anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Part of my thinking, whether whether I not keep, whether I not and keep Salah, is how Mane performs, because if Mane keeps performing well, and he's matching Salah, then for three million less, yeah, for me that's a no brainer. Um, so I'm gonna give Salah two more weeks, and then if after the Southampton game. You know, it still looks like Mane's performing well, Salah's doing okay, then I'll probably switch them. Okay. Um, and what other what other players do you think are essential in wildcard? So obviously for people that are on their wildcard now, which are a lot of people, um, who do you think they kind of need to put in? What kind of template or players do you do you reckon is a must? Um so I think most players well, a lot of people have got Aguero and he's the highest owned player at the moment in FPL. Yeah. He's what is it, fifty one percent roughly. Um so if you haven't got Aguero, I would say you probably definitely need to have him in. City are gonna score a lot of goals. Um the only risk with Aguero is once Champions League start, whether there's some rotation there. But otherwise, yeah, I think you've got to have Aguero. If you're on a wild card, do you think Hazard's a must as well? It's a tough one because I don't have Hazard, I have Pedro. 
Now, Pedro's going to be rotated with Willian. But I think Pedro will be scoring lots of points. I wouldn't want both of them. But if you're on a if you were on a wild card now, if I was on a wild card, would I bring Hazard in? If I, I, I would. If I could squeeze him in, yes. Yeah. But Hazard's always trolled me in the past. Yeah, I think you he's know he, a lot of people. He, he goes through phases where you know a couple of weeks he'll be scoring lots of points, and then you'll have a couple of weeks where he's just. That's why I think you need to get him now because he's in form at the moment. Yeah. And that's why that's if you're point. on a wild card, you. I would say Hazard is one of the players that you need to try and get. Yeah, you actually sent me something quite interesting about what Neil Warnock said. Yeah. You know, about the game. Do you want to uh, elaborate? Well, yeah, essentially, he basically said, um, you can't sit back and defend against Chelsea, basically, right? Yeah, because you'll get picked off anyway, so you might as well have a go. Yeah, and which I thought, basically means they're going to win like 8 nil. And I was just like, this guy can't be serious. I mean, if they decide to have a go against Chelsea, Chelsea will pick them off at Stamford Bridge. I mean, even if they sit back, Chelsea will still score a couple. But surely, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do we take that with a pinch of salt? Is that, you know? I don't. The thing is, the way that Cardiff have been playing, they have been playing defensively, though, haven't they? That's kind of how they... Well, they weren't against Arsenal. Yeah, they scored two past Arsenal. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone scores past Arsenal. <laughs> They've already conceded eight goals this season, so... I don't um, know. I, I, would, I would be looking at Hazard. I think another player um, as well to look at if you're on a wild card... Um, is David Silva yeah. as an option. Uh, and I think must-have players, I think the, the three must-have players uh, are Mendy, mm-hmm. Alonso and, and Kun. I think those are kind of the three must-haves. Like, I, I don't think you can build a team without that. At the what about Robertson? He forms part of that trio you, back line. Well, so we spoke about Liverpool's fixtures. Yeah. Whilst I think... Okay. For attackers, yeah. I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. They've, they've, they've Defensively, got, I think is going to be a problem. They've got difficult fixtures. Al- you know? Although Robertson um, does come in with attacking um, attacking returns with the assists and stuff, but I would rather probably look at getting. You know, I think a Man United defender at the moment would be good. Good for fixtures. Yeah. Um, if Luke Shaw, we obviously we we don't know what's going to happen. With he, Luke Shaw, he's likely but, to miss this game week. He'll be back. Most likely for game week six, um, possibly a Man U defender. Um, you said potentially Dalot might play. Yeah, right? Dalot looks like if Shaw's out, which he probably will be, Dalot might start uh, at right back, and then Young will start at left back. Um, Valencia still injured. Valencia still injured, and Damian was terrible at the start of the season. So okay, that's why it's just like happening. So yeah, so in terms of yeah, if I was having a wild card, yeah. I'd keep the trio back line. Um, Kun. I think you've got to have Salah or Mane. I'd probably try to bring in Hazard. Um, what about keeper-wise? So that's an interesting one. It's whether or not you go with an Edison or an Allison. Um I think Palace have got good four fixtures coming up. Um but as we know, Palace without Zaha is shocking. Yeah. Um, so it depends whether or not um, Zaha's playing or not. You, um, so you've got Hennessy. I don't really... I, th- I think a 4.5 at the moment is okay yeah. to go with. Um, the one I would highlight is Patricia. I think Wolves look like they're solid defensively. They will pick up clean sheets. And at 4.5, he's good value. 
one other player I'm just going to pick out um, that I really like the look of, and if you're looking for a 4.5 midfielder, which a lot of people are kind of having as bench, is Ward from Cardiff. He He's um, 4.5, and he played up front against Arsenal. Yeah. He was, the, I think he was a lone striker. Um, so if you're having a 4.5 player, like a Hoiberg or a Stevens, I think Ward is a good shout. Cardiff are crap, yeah. but... Yeah, as, as, a, striker, I think, as a like fifth it. midfielder, definitely. Yeah. Especially if he's playing up top. Yeah. Cool. cool. Right. Should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back, guys. We're going to continue with some hot topics. Sham, so we mentioned that there's an international break after game week eight. And with that in mind, we're going to focus on sort of the next four game weeks. So which teams have got some favourable fixtures coming up? So there's a few here. So um, the first team I've got is uh, Bournemouth. So they have Leicester at home, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home and Watford away. I think four good fixtures there. Um, a couple of players that I really like from Bournemouth um, is Wilson at 6.2. Um, Frazier, unfortunately, is injured at the moment. If we find out that he is back, I think he's um, 5.6 at the moment. Um, I think he's really good for Bournemouth at the moment. And a hidden one, which I don't think many people are looking at, um, is Rico, the, the, their defender, 4.5. Um, he's taken a few set pieces, and Frazier's normally on set pieces, if Frazier doesn't end up playing, I think Rico will be on it. The only problem with that is, obviously, Bournemouth defensively are pretty shit. So, just um, one to keep an eye out for. With, with regards to Wilson and stats-wise, so in the last four game weeks, he's had um, he's missed six big chances. He's had seven in total, so he has missed six chances, out, a big chance out of the seven. Um, he's had 14 goal attempts. Uh, he's scored two goals with a shot accuracy of 42%, 14 shots in the box, and six on target with three assists. The thing I like about Wilson is, you're right, he does miss loads of chances, but it's the fact that he's getting so many chances. He's playing further up ahead of King. Yeah. Um, you know, I had King at the start of the season, and he was just a complete troll. The moment I took him out is when he scored. But... Wilson's the one if I was going for a Bournemouth attacking asset that's the one I would be considering yeah 6.2 I think is good value definitely without a doubt um, the other uh, team I've got is Palace um, now whilst their fixtures are good so they've got Huddersfield away Newcastle at home Bournemouth away and Wolves at home I do think it's dependent on Zaha's fitness um, if Zaha is not fit as we know, they never perform. Yeah, isn't there a stat that they haven't won a game sort of since like last season yeah. without Zaha or something yeah. along those lines? It's so. ridiculous. Um, so players that I would watch out for, I think there's only really one, and that's Zaha. To be honest with you, um, Shezzy, you're taking out Aguero for um, uh, Benteke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, we're going to triple captain Benteke. <laughs> Do you know, what? I saw something quite funny on Twitter today. I don't know why I did it. Some guy was like. If I get 200 retweets, I will swap out Aguero for Benteke. And he got 200 and he's like, I'll stand by this, I'm going to do it. I'm oh like, why would you God. do something yeah. like that? Um, Benteke, of all people, no, he's yeah. a disaster. Yeah, I think Zaha's the only one I'd consider. Um, Wan-Bissaka, 
still good value at four. If he's going to be playing. If he's going to be playing. He's gone up now, hasn't he? It's like 4.1. Um, if he's going to be playing. And I suppose the other one, PVA. You, know, you were pretty hot, I guess. Yeah, he hasn't really... I, I don't like Palace defensively. Although Huddersfield don't score many. Neither do Newcastle. Bournemouth, I can see scoring past Palace. So can Wolves. So I don't really like Palace defensively either. Fair enough. Any other teams with decent fixtures? Yeah, you've got Arsenal. Um, Newcastle away. Everton at home. Watford at home. And Fulham away. Four great fixtures, um, I think. The problem is, who do you pick from Arsenal? And I think that's the issue, is we just don't know, right? Well, Aubameyang's played every game, so he looks nailed on to the start. But he's not Aubameyang from last season, though, is he? That's, that's the issue. Yeah, you're right, but he did score in game week four. Um, he did look a lot better playing on that left wing with Lacazette up top. So, yeah, let's let's see how he gets on. The the one player I do like, and again, I think we talked about him earlier, he, he scored um, 12 points last game week, is Lacazette. The problem is, is that we don't know whether or not he's going to be starting. Um, the lot, Over the last two game weeks, he's had seven goal attempts. He scored one goal, a shot accuracy of 71%, um, which obviously isn't sustainable, but 71% is still decent. Five shots inside the box, um, two assists, Five on uh, five shots on target. Um, stats wise, he's looking good. If if Lacazette starts and he goes through a run where he's starting, he comes into my team because he scores goals. It's as simple as that. Um, especially at his price, where he's considerably cheaper than Aubameyang. What do you think of Ramsey at seven point? I was just gonna say Ramsey is the one that I'm considering because at seven point five, he's playing. He's not playing as you know a central midfielder. He's playing further up. He does score goals as well. He'll get assists. But it's just the whole rotation thing with Arsenal. You don't know who's going to be starting. That's the issue. Um, I guess one one thing for me, and I'm struggling with this at the moment, and I'm sure others are, if you've got Mkhitaryan, do you hold or do you take him out? Because I'm not sure. Like I've got him in my team and I'm like, do I hold him? Do I take him out? I'm not really not sure. If you're on a wild card, I'll take him out. Yeah. If you're not on a wild card, I would wait to see whether he starts game week five. If he doesn't start game week five, that's two game weeks in a row where he's not starting. And then, yeah, I would take him out. But for now, yeah, if, if you're not on a wild card, I'd hold on to him because there's been more murmurs about Ozil having issues with the manager. Right. So that's why I would hold on. Okay. Uh, we've also got um, City. Um, so Fulham at home, Cardiff away. Uh, Brighton, sorry, at uh, home and then Liverpool away. So three good, very good fixtures and then Liverpool. But again, I think that will be an open game, City-Liverpool. Uh, one player, well, I think everyone should have is Kun anyway. Yeah. Um, but another player that we're looking at, potential, well, I'm looking at potentially is David Silva. Are you forgetting somebody? Or Mendy, obviously. Mendy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of looking at other players. But I think David Silva's one to... To look at. Yeah, especially with KDB injured, uh, I'd expect him to be starting most games. So he is a good shout. Um, just with regards to the Fulham game, I know we're going to be talking about our captain picks later, but if I had to use my triple captain on a single game week, That's... this is the game week I would use it on. So why don't you do it then? 
because I'm not going to use it in a single <laughs> game week. But if I was, I'm telling you, Fulham play attacking football and they're going to be exposed. And I think City are going to have an absolute field day. Yeah, I couldn't disagree. I mean, it's got to be couldn't for captain anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about captain options. Yeah, but yeah, this is where I would play my triple captain chips. If anyone's considering it, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a quick stat on uh, quick stats over the last couple of game weeks on David Silva. So uh, he's had five shots in the box um, with two on target. As we know, he's always got assist potential as well. Um, and if um, City are going to smash Fulham, which we think they will score a lot of goals. David Silva surely going to get a couple of assists there. Yeah. Um, other teams, there aren't any other teams with amazing fixtures. Um, no, Leicester. There's, there's Leicester, been a lot of talk of Leicester. A lot about, uh, yeah, been... actually Leicester have got decent next four. So Bournemouth away, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away, Everton at home. Yeah, I would say they're a team consider. Um, you don't like Madison, do you? There's been so much talk about Madison over the last two weeks. He's had a price rise recently as well. Um, don't get me wrong, I've seen him play, and he's you know I went to the United game first game of the season, and he he was the standout performer for Leicester along with Damari Gray. He does look good, but I don't know. There's something there which doesn't convince me as an FPL asset. If I was going Leicester, I would probably go Vardy. I know he's considerably more, but. Fardy scores you goals. I I can't see Madison scoring too many. Um, it's just whether he's going to be getting the assists or not. He's on corners, right? Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced about Madison. I know there's been a lot of hype about him, but not for me. Okay. Um, actually, I did miss a couple of teams with good fixtures. So, Man U. So, Watford away. Wolves at home, West Ham away, Newcastle at home. I think the main man for me there is Lukaku. Um, yeah, yeah, he he likes playing against these sort of teams, doesn't he? What Lukaku's fixtures? Uh, sorry, like output against mid mid table teams is ridiculous. He's just like a bully, right? Um, and mid table West Ham. You're not mid table, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, his record against us is ridiculous. It's the yeah. most. It's the most. He like he, he West Ham's the team that he scored the most in his career against. Um, I could see him. He scored that scoring. first hand last season, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he went to bloody Old Trafford. He scored a brace, didn't he, in that game? Yeah, that was wasn't nice. But um, yeah. So just a few statistics on Lukaku. So. Over the last two game weeks, he's absolutely smashed it. Um, he's had he's four big chances. He's missed three. He's had 10 goal attempts. His shot accuracy is 60%. Shots in the box is 10. Shots on target is six. I just think that he is... I'm really trying to see if I can get him in. I'm thinking Firmino for Lukaku and then downgrade somewhere else. Like I really want to get him in at the moment. I suppose most of that is probably coming from the last game we against Burnley because obviously we lost against Tottenham. Yeah. You know, he does. He just doesn't do anything much against the top six, but against these so-called weaker teams, he tends to have a field day. Now, Watford have started well. Going away to Watford's not going to be an easy game. But yeah, Wolves at home... Against your boys, against West Ham, I think he's going to have an absolute field day. Yeah. And Newcastle home as well. So, yeah, I definitely think Lukaku is a good shout. Um, and probably the only United attacking asset I would consider. 
Okay, and then so that I've got some other teams in here. I don't know if we want to talk about them. So Spurs as well. So they've got a tough first fixture against Liverpool, but then they've got Brighton away, Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home, West Ham away. Yeah, I'm not sure about Spurs. I mean, Harry Kane looks like he's not the Harry Kane of last season. He just that something doesn't look right there. Lucas Moura, I know there's been a lot of hype. He's been playing well, but Son's back now. Lamela's back from injury. There's going to be rotation there. Eriksen's just a troll. Done absolutely nothing at first four weeks. Scores two goals in the international yeah, break. I saw that. So, um, yeah, and Ali's just hit and miss. So that's the problem with Spurs. The only Spurs player that I would consider is Trippier. But he's got rotation. I mean, we're going to talk about Champions League rotation, but I, I think he's a rotation risk, right? Yeah, he is. So He is. Cool. So that's enough on fixtures, I think, and teams to consider. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Well, just one quick other team that I've got written down here. I don't think there's much to talk about here. We've got Burnley. So they've got Wolves away, Bournemouth at home, Cardiff away, Huddersfield at home. They're not in Europa League anymore. Do we start considering them or do we kind of wait to see how they perform over the next couple of I need to wait and see with Burnley I mean they're normally so good defensively Um, they've started really poorly this season and I'm putting that down to the Europa League but I'm not sure I'm not sure Um, I need to see them over the next few game weeks and if they're looking okay then yes I'll bring in some Burnley defensive assets they're a bit expensive like 5 million to take a gamble though right I think that's that's the problem yeah I mean you've got someone like Joe Hart at 4.5 but then you've got Tom Heaton, who's the captain, um, Nick Pope will be back in a few months' time as well. So that's the only thing. Okay, so the next hot topic is Champions League rotation. So this is where we've kind of looked at some um, players from uh, the Champions League teams at the potential with rotation that we think we might need to keep an eye out for yeah so let's go with City first so Shez what's your thoughts on City rotation wise I mean the one player I'd be a little bit concerned about is David Silva I think Pep will be wanting to protect him I know KDB's injured so there's more of a reliance on on him playing in the league as well but he's the one that could be rested for some league games. You know, they've got options in there. They've got Gundogan, they've got Fernandinho, they've got Bernardo Silva who can play in there. So that's the one, if you've got him, you need to be wary. Um, and of course, the fullbacks, Walker yeah. and Mendy. Delph had a great season last season at left back. He's proved he can play there. Danilo can play a right back. It depends though if they're playing wing backs, right? Because I don't think Delph can play wing back. No, no, but at the moment they've been playing with a four at the back, most games. Yeah. So Delph has proven that he can slot into that left-back position. So that's that's the only risk. Also, you know, Mendy had a bad injury last season. If they've got several games in a short space, is Pep going to want to risk that? So that's why I think he could be a rotation risk. Carl Walker as well, but maybe less so. But definitely the... So those are the three players, I think, from City... Also, Kuhn. You know, Do you think he's a rotation risk? Yeah, I mean, Jesus is going to be getting, surely, more game time. He's not as prolific, but, you know, if they've got a big Champions League game and they're playing a so-called weaker team in the league a few days before that, 
I can see couldn't be on the bench that so he's fresh for the Champions League. Well, fuck them if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially if we captain him most most weeks. Yeah. 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 So that's City. Uh, so Spurs. Thoughts on the Spurs rotation? Spurs, it's the uh, the right and the left backs. You know, Trippier and um, Aurier will be switching on that right back. And then Davies and Rose. And the problem with Spurs is Potticino loves substituting them during the game. Yeah. So it's Especially not even a win backs, which is yeah. quite rare to have. Yeah. Well, right? So it's not even a case that, okay, he doesn't start. So he'll be on your bench. Somebody else will come in. He'll be scoring you that one point or something, which is just yeah. awful. Yeah. So that's, that's the one risk with Spurs. And we've seen it time and time again that, you know, Potticino loves to rotate them. What about Moro and Son? Moro and Son as well. But that's, that's going to be, even without Champions League, that's still a rotation risk. Moro, Son, Lamella. You'd think that you've got three players there vying for one space. Okay, Liverpool? Liverpool, I think it would be more their central midfield. I don't think the front three are going to really change much. I still expect Salah, Mane and Firmino to be starting most games. But they do have Shakiri now. Well, so this is the thing. In between um, on the Southampton game, obviously they've got um, Tottenham and then the other side they've got after Southampton who have they got? City. City, right? Mm. So I think that that Southampton game, the game that we're all going to be hoping Liverpool bang. Yeah. That's where he <laughs> that's rotates. A, yeah. That's, I genuinely think that's probably where he's going to rotate. Uh, it could very well be. And, you know, he's already shown that, you know, he, he'll substitute um, Salah and bring on Shakiri. So, yeah. So, but I think central midfield, so like, they've got options there with Henderson, Cater, Fabiano. Uh, that's where there could be some rotation. Potentially on the right and left back as well. Uh, Moreno could come in for Henderson. Uh, right back they've got... I know Joe Gomez has been playing as centre-back, but they've got Klein as well who come in, could come in for Trent. So that's where I would expect to see the rotation of Liverpool. And then your team, United? Could be a rotation everywhere. They've all been playing terribly, haven't they? <laughs> so, um, no, that right wing... I mean, there's generally a bit of rotation there anyway, but Lingard and Mata, uh, Rashford as well, could be coming in there. Central midfield, Fellaini, Fred and Herrera. I think the three of them will be vying for that one spot. I'd expect Pogba and Matic should be playing most games. And then again, the wing-backs, Sean Young on the left-hand side, and then Valencia and Dalot on the right side. So I guess the big question for me then is we've spoken about these teams and we've said, you know, there's going to be rotation. What do we do? From, a, from an FPL point of view, players, what do we do? Do we, do we avoid these positions, these players? I mean, you're not, you can't... Are you going to avoid, avoid someone like Kun where he potentially plays three out of the four next games and scores pretty well on them? You're not going to avoid him just because he could be rotated one game. I think... All we're trying to highlight is the importance of having a solid bench. You need players that are going to be able to come on and score you at least a few points. So if it's, you're on your wildcard especially, don't look at just selecting a starting eleven. You need players that are going to be coming on. I think your only position where you could potentially be secure is keeper. There doesn't tend to be too much rotation with your keeper. But you need to be having two or three players that can come on for you. 
Okay. And just then, just a quick word on Europa League. So Arsenal and Chelsea. Any rotation there, do you reckon? Depends how seriously they take that. I can't see either team taking that too seriously. Uh, so I don't think it will impact them too much. Arsenal, it'll be interesting because we've already seen rotation in the league, so it kind of depends who starts in that Europa League. You know, if it is it Mkhitaryan or is it Nurse or Ramsey, that's where it could impact their rotation. Again, I'd be surprised if either team takes it too seriously and I would expect them to build almost a second string side. Um, so that's one to keep an eye out on. But with the Champions League, I would expect that to have arguably a bigger impact, especially where it comes to sort of the right and left backs. Okay, so that's Champions League rotations. So I'm just going to talk um, about under the radar pick. So um, each week, um, starting last week, we pick one or two players that we think have gone under the right radar at the moment. People aren't necessarily considering or they're kind of low ownership. So my pick this week is Lukaku. Um, I spoke about him already. Um, I sound like a Man United fan, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> you are secretly. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, um, Lukaku is 7.7% owned at the moment. Uh, he is 11 million. Uh, I've gone through his stats already um, earlier on over the last two game weeks but over the last four game weeks he's had six big chances 13 goal attempts 13 shots inside the box eight shots on target and he scored three goals his next four fixtures are ridiculous um, including West Ham where he always scores highly against um, Watford away is going to be difficult um, but these are this is the type of team that he loves playing against um, uh, you know, he, we know that he doesn't score against the Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, your your, your um, cities, but these four teams, I think, are perfect for him. So he is my under the radar pick for this week. Any thoughts on that, Shez? You agree? I, I think that's a good shout. Um, I think Watford away will be the hardest of the three games there, um, but then you have um, two home games and you have West Ham away as well, and these are the types of teams that he likes to bully. Yeah. You know, he's got the strength, he's got the pace. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a very good pick. Um, if I had to go for one under-the-radar pick in addition to Lukaku, it would be Vardy. Good shout. Um, he's no coming. stats because he's been suspended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because he came on in that United game and he looked lively. And we know Vardy can score goals. And if you've got someone like Madison supplying him... You know, Damari Gray putting in some crosses, I think he's going to score goals. Um, so that would be my under the radar pick. Um, probably Lukaku ahead of him, but I think Vardy is one to consider. Okay. Um, one other, I think, last hot topic we'll talk about um, is just a quick thing on Watford. So, do we invest or not? We spoke a little bit earlier on about Holobas. But in general, do you invest invest in Watford or not? I think a lot of people are not sure. They've I, played four games. They've won four. I think investing in Watford at the moment is chasing lost points. They're not going to be the Leicester of 2015. Um, they've got difficult fixtures coming up. They're playing United, uh, Fulham, Arsenal. You know, those are, that's their next three. Um, 
I, so, I, I really like Deeney though, you know. So Deeney, um, last four game weeks, so he's 6.1 at the moment. Um, he's had he's missed two big chances, he's had three in total, 10 goal attempts. He scored two goals, five shots in the box, uh, six shots on target and one assist. I, I think 6.1 is not bad, um, but do we go on there? I don't know. Fixtures-wise, doesn't look good, does it? Yeah, fixtures-wise, it looks tough. And I, I think, you know, Watford sooner or later are going to start slowing down. I think we're going to see a slump. Um, so not for me. Um, someone like Holobas, if you have him as maybe your fourth defender or something like that, because he gets the odd assist. But not, not for me. Okay, let's move on then. Um, so... Captains? Yes, I think we've already mentioned this already. Right. But yeah, like I said, you know, if I had to pick a single game week where I was playing a tri- my triple captainship for the season, it would be this one. Kun Aguero, Fulham. Fulham are open. They they score goals, but they concede goals. I think City will have a field day here. Question for you. If you had Hazard, no. who would you pick? Kun. Yeah, still yeah. over Hazard. Over Hazard. Okay. Um, I'm obviously going with Kun as well. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm going with Kun. No, no, no. But if you had Hazard, I, I that would be really tough. Um, I would be fifty fifty if I'm honest with you. Hazard, I, I, I can understand why people would would pick Hazard. Um, but the thing is, one Hazard's an FPL troll. Yeah, he can and blow two hot, Kun is explosive. Yeah. Whereas yeah, but think... so is Hazard. Mm, the... He scores a brace. That's generally the most you know. You don't see he doesn't score many hat tricks. Whereas Kun can easily score three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fair point. Okay. That's captains talk. Um, just sorry. Just in point. terms of captains. Yeah. Any differentials? Uh, I know you mentioned Hazard, but I know, I know a lot of people are considering Hazard. Well, I don't know if you can call Lukaku a differential, but if I was going to go with a differential, I I, I would pick Lukaku. Yeah. A tough fixture of Watford away, but I still, I still like him. Any for you? Um, Lukaku or Vardy would be my differential to captain pick. But I think if you have Aguero or Hazard, well, if you've got Aguero, go Aguero. Um, and if you don't have Aguero, bring Aguero in. <laughs> um, but yeah, those would be my picks. Okay, uh, just a quick one before we end with questions. Um, so a reminder that I will be doing a quick five to seven minute um, Friday press conference update uh, on Friday. Uh, it will come out about five o'clock or four between four and five um, after the um, all the press conferences. And I'll just give a quick um, preview of what we've heard and uh, things that you need to listen out for. So, Shez... Shall we move on to questions? Yes. So we've got a few questions today. First one is from at FPL underscore rubber ducky. Is there really hidden value in some defensive midfielders this year? Um, my initial answer would be no. Um, I don't think there's hidden value in them unless they're playing out of position, which kind of means they're not defensive midfielders, like, like for example, Akante. Um, I wouldn't invest in Neves at 5.2, for example. Um, 
However, I think to have a good squad, to get the big players in, you need your 4.4s, 4.5s, 4.6 players. It's worth having a player that you can put on your bench that plays every week. And if they're a defensive midfielder, fine. Um, to bring in your, you know, your twos and your three points. Um, I've suffered this year because of that. I've brought in Hudson Odoi and he hasn't fucking started or anything. Yeah. He's gone down in value and he hasn't played. Um, there's been a game week where I had 10 players. So if I'd gone for that defensive midfielder, they would have got me maybe two or three points. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, we can't have a team full of just premium players. So you're going to have to have some budget players, some cheaper players in there. Whether it's in value though, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's whether you go for defensive midfielder because I mean, you mentioned the guy from Cardiff who's four point five and what, playing up what, front. Yeah. So I would probably rather have someone like that. I still think I still like Neves. I know you're not a big fan, but I think you know he's on set pieces um, and as a fifth midfielder, he's okay. I think the most important thing with a defensive midfielder is if you're having someone as a fifth midfielder, is someone that's going to be coming on if you're potentially having him as a sub, that's going to be scoring you at least a few points. Cool. Next question. Next question is from at Galtum7420. What do you make of the mid-price forwards? Currently on Mitra and Wilson, but Zaha and Arnie are always lurking. Um, I really like Mitro, but I don't like his fixtures. Um, and I love Wilson. I think he's a great pick. Um, with regards to Zaha, if he's fit, his fixtures are fantastic. Huddersfield away, Newcastle at home, Bournemouth away, Wolves at home. Great fixtures. Um, Arnie, get rid of playing in a shit West Ham team. I don't see the point of having him at the moment. Um, what do you think? I completely agree with that. I think Mitro, if you're going on him now, you're potentially chasing lost points. They've got difficult fixtures coming up. Wilson have got, Wilson's got good fixtures. He's getting chances. I think he's a great pick. Zaha, again potentially going to be miss, missing this game week but although there's rumours he might be okay but I like Zaha Arnie playing for a shit team what more is there to say <laughs> cheers mate um, what's the next one okay next one is from at FPL underscore Badger general thoughts on Hokey Koki. for example I'm thinking of Salah to Hazard back to Salah Hokey Koki, so Cardiff at home and then Southampton at home are tasty fixtures if you're brave enough to swap them about. Good question. Um, in theory, I like the idea. The problem that you'll have is if there's issues that arise. So if someone gets injured, you can't, you're going to be taking a hit, right? The problem is there are, I find that there's an issue every week. Um, you're going to have to you know, you're going to have an injury or a suspension or something like that. Yeah, you're right. In theory, it sounds great. If you didn't have any issues, you could flip them around and everything would be fine. But the reality of it is, you know, we've seen it in the first four game weeks. There are always issues. So you can't really afford to be doing this. You're going to be taking hits just to be doing this. Unless you've got a really strong bench. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got a playing bench, you know, if you've got players that are playing every week and you can afford to do that, then fine. But if you... Like, I would never be able to do that because my bench is quite weak. Yeah. I mean, if you like those two fixtures, you could just go Hazard and Mane. What, rather than switching? Rather than switching. And then you've got coverage on both. Yeah, I think it's Salah, though, is the problem, isn't it? Yeah. 
cool next question uh next question is from at dave ham 23 why is the twitter template so similar e.g same seven eight players are we all sheep are there stats to back up sticking with the crowd First thing I've got to say is, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Shams a sheep. <laughs> um, so, good question, Dave. Um, what I would say to that is, so last season, I kind of went, I had a strategy, and, and to be honest, all the seasons before that, I kind of went four or five players which were sticking with the crowd and six, seven differentials. And I think that doesn't work. This this is this season I've tried something different. I've gone with um between seven and nine players that are high owned and two to three differentials. Um and I'm twenty K overall rank and it seems to be working. I don't think it's the fact that we're all sheep. I think it's a case of we need to be if if those players that are highly owned bang you're screwed. And I think it's just making sure that you'll get that covered. I, I guess that's pretty much what he's saying, isn't it, Chase? Yeah, I mean, also, you know, you're right. We do all sort of have the same sort of six or seven players. A lot of users have got the template back line, Robertson, Mendy, Alonso, but that's because they're performing. Yeah. You know, if you've got a player that's performing, you're not going to be looking to take him out. Um, the problem is a lot of people have clocked onto that. And so, yeah, you are seeing a lot of similar teams, but, you know, once the Champions League starts, Europa League starts, we're going to start seeing injuries, you know, rotation. So that's when you're going to start to see changes. And also, you know, players like Alonso, you know, his stats so far have been ridiculous. That's not sustainable for the season. Um, and that's when you start seeing people getting edgy. You know, if he has two blanks, you know, where he hasn't got any uh, attacking returns and they're not keeping clean sheets. That's when people might start taking him out. So that's when we're going to start to see changes. So, yeah, up until now, things have been relatively stable. The Champions League is going to kick in now and that's when I think we're going to start seeing some differentials coming into play. I think he does make a valid point there because I think he mentioned, did he say Twitter template? Yes. So I think one thing, I know you're, you're not on Twitter that much, but one thing that we kind of need to think about is the Twitter teams on Twitter are, you know, the Twitter isn't be all end all. There, there is the other FPL players, and I get where he's coming from in terms of a lot of players don't have Trippier, but he's still like twenty odd percent owned, right? Yeah. Um. So that is something to consider. I think the difference is the people that are on Twitter following it a lot are the hardcore FPL players. They know about. They know that. Kane doesn't, if he's, he, you know, he's not, you know, they know, they know the stats, so Kane's not one performing at the moment, so they don't have him in his team, but he's yeah. still like 30% owned. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other reason as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Cool. Next question is from FPL underscore rubber ducky again. A uh, big shout out to him, by the way. Um, he helped us when we had our. Was it aggressive following issue? Twitter meltdown. <laughs> Twitter meltdown. Um, he helped us with uh, retweeting and stuff like that. And I speak to Peter quite a lot. So thank you very much, mate. So the question is, are people giving statistical information too much credence in place of experience and looking ahead to upcoming fixtures, allowing yourself to stay ahead of bandwagons? Another good question. I, I think you need to... Um, 
take all of it into consideration. I think what he's referring to is there was a big argument this week about XG and XA and people saying XG and XA is, you know, nothing and you can't just look at that and some people even saying you shouldn't look at that. I think you should look at it, but you need to look at match play, so the eye test. You also need to look at stats, so your XGXA. And you need to look at fixtures. You need to look at everything. Put yeah. it all together. You can't just look at one thing and go, that's all yeah, I'm doing, I, basically. Got, I don't think you can just look at one thing in isolation. So, yeah, you, you've got to look at statistics. You know, someone like Wilson's getting several chances every game. Um, so, you know, if his conversion improves, then, yeah, he will be scoring goals. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be looking, you know, at fixtures, you know, have they got an easy run of fixtures? There are very few FPL players that are fixture proof. Yeah. Um, so that needs to be a consideration. This whole XG and XA, I mean, I'm at the moment, I'm not entirely convinced about it. I think there is an element of that, which you do need to consider, but I wouldn't be making my decisions solely based on that. Um, anything else you want to add in terms of that? No, I think that's it. Um, yeah, again, just the other thing is, yeah, if you've got FPL experience, then, you know, use that as well. Yep. Cool. So that is all the questions. And I think that is the agenda over just over an hour today. Um, anything else that you want to add before I wrap us up, Shez? No. Have we missed anything? Probably have, but you know, <laughs> there's only a certain amount we can get through um, and it, this hour or so. But yeah, if you want to shout out our details. Yep. So we are Two Guys One Cup. Um, we're on Twitter at FPL Two Guys One Cup. Um, we're on loads of different platforms for podcasts. Um, feel free to give us a rating, five star, and all that. Um, Please, if you like the podcast, please retweet, give us your feedback. Um, we can only get, you know, make the podcast better if we get your feedback. Let us know, shout out about it. The more that you let us know what you like and don't like about it, the better, the better that will be. Like I said, we're only new um, seven episodes in, so your feedback is very important to us. Great. Have a fantastic game week. Um, I will be back on Friday with a press conference update for five to six minutes. And then me and Shez will be back. I think we're doing next Monday, aren't we, Shez? I believe so. Yeah. Um, there is a Monday night game, but um, we'll do it during that probably. Yeah. Uh, have a fantastic game week and we will speak to you next week. Good luck, everyone.